Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Thank you. Please be seated. Uh, that, that was uh, very, very kind and uh, very humbling, and it is a great privilege to be here. In fact, it was just uh, a spot in the calendar uh, when we were having a conversation that got me here today, but I actually think it's uh, really significant uh, for me to be here today. I've been blessed. I hope you hear this. I've been blessed by sitting in worship with you guys today. You know, God is here. God, God is moving in this church. Uh, I'm going about to lead a conference for our uh, state uh, for the rest of the week. I actually head down the coast tonight and uh, I'll be leading a whole bunch of things for the rest of the week and probably walked, looking at the week, feeling a little bit anxious, a little bit uh, cautious and uh, I feel like I'm going to walk out these doors just full of faith, full of what... uh, Just waiting for God to do something great across our state. We believe for that this morning. Hey, uh, you've heard a whole bunch of things that I do. I uh, I lead Gateway Baptist Church and uh, the Queensland Baptist Movement. But my my real pride and joy is that I'm a grandpa. And these these are my grandkids uh, up on the screen. Uh, Aurelia is uh, now three years old. And uh, my, my big vision, besides seeing revival come to our nation in our generation, my big vision for the future is that one day I'll be standing in a big swimming arena and I'll hear over the loudspeaker, swimming in lane seven is Aurelia from Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, uh, I throw her in the pool any chance I get. Teach her to swim. The Olympics is coming to Queensland. She could be a child prodigy. And our daughter, you know, gives this, our first uh, grandchild, this beautiful Spanish princess name, Aurelia. And then our first grandson comes along. And what do they call him? Freddie. <laughs> we, uh, we love Freddie already. He's... Uh, <laughs> Great joy. Hey, talking of funny names, who, uh, who here remembers Doeg the Edomite? Can I put your hand up if you know about Doeg the Edomite? Okay, a couple of uh, people, uh, not very many of us. I've got to be really honest. I was uh, reading a psalm at the end of last year and it said at the start uh, that this happened during the exploits of Doeg the Edomite. And I'm thinking, who is Doeg the Edomite? You know, I I went to Bible college for nine years to do a three-year degree. You know, I was a slow uh, learner. I've been preaching for the last 29 years. I've spent a lot of time in the Word of God. I couldn't for the life of me remember who Doeg the Edomite is. So except for the three people who do remember, let me just give you a a little update. Uh, Doeg, you know, had a very brief time of fame. 
He had a very brief time where his, his leadership had, you know, great influence in the, the history of Israel. You know, Doeg was King Saul's right-hand man. He was his chief guard uh, for a time. And it was during the time that David was rising in prominence and people were starting to sing, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is a greater warrior. He's killed tens uh, of thousands. David is our man. Saul gets jealous and decides to kill David. David hears whispers that Saul, the king, is wanting to uh, get rid of him. So David flees with a a bunch of of others and gets to uh, a place called Nob. And at Nob, they're running out of food and there is a chief priest at Nob named Ahimelech. And Ahimelech is empathetic towards David and takes, you know, a great risk to actually feed David and all of his companions knowing that Saul was chasing after him. What Ahimelech and David didn't know, that while Ahimelech was providing for David, Doeg's hiding in the bushes and he sees it all happen. And Doeg races back to the palace and says to King Saul, Ahimelech, has helped your enemy, David. And so Saul, in a fit of rage, says to his guards, I want you to go back and put Ahimelech to death. And all of the guards refused. They said, we're not taking the sword to God's servants. All of them refused, except for one man, Doeg. Doeg put up his hand. And he said, I'll do it. I'll go and kill the chief priest of Nob. And he goes back and he not only kills Ahimelech who helped David, but he kills all 85 priests in that town, all of their families and all of their livestock. He's an evil man. He's a selfish man. He's a man that is not after God's heart. And yet, he's living in the palace and David's hiding in a cave. And it doesn't seem fair. And David, at this point of time, could have thrown his toys out of the cot. You know, he could have said, I don't trust you anymore, God. I'm not, you know, getting on board with your plans anymore. This is not fair. But instead, he writes a worship song. Let me just read some of it to you. Psalm 52. It says, why do you boast of evil, you mighty hero? He's talking about Doeg. Why do you boast all day long, you who are a disgrace in the eyes of God? You who practice deceit, your tongue plots destruction. It is like a sharpened razor. You love evil rather than good, falsehood rather than speaking the truth. You love every harmful word, you deceitful tongue. Surely God will bring you down to everlasting ruin. He will snatch you up and pluck you from your tent. He will uproot you from the land of the living. This is a worship song. If we kind of put it into our context, it's kind of like shine, Jesus, shine. Kill the lousy dog named Doeg. You know, blaze, spirit blaze, set Doeg on fire. 
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, but please do not save that wretch named Doeg. It's a little different to our worship songs. It's actually, it's a psalm of wisdom and folly. It's a song that was sung to remind people in every generation that if you live without God, if you live in foolishness, you might shine in the sun for a little time, but your time will come to an end. And then he goes on to sing about the wisdom of following God. This is what he says, but I am like an olive tree flourishing. Everyone say flourishing. flourishing. Flourishing in the house of God. I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. For what you have done, I will always praise you. Can I hear an amen? In the presence of your faithful people, and I will hope in your name, for your name is good. Do you believe that God is good? You know, you you heard just a tiny snippet of the heart I have for my family just a few moments ago. Who here believes that we have a Father in heaven that's better than me? He's actually got a better heart than me. His heart is perfect. His heart is to see his family flourish. I long and love to see my family multiply and grow and flourish. It does my heart good. But we got a Father in heaven and his heart for human flourishing, for your family to flourish, for this church family to flourish is much greater than my heart. Why would we ever question that our hearts and the way that we feel about our families could actually be stronger and want more blessing than the Father heart of God? I believe God wants to give some fresh revelation of his Father's heart to some people this morning. That that word, there's just one word in that psalm that just stuck out to me, flourishing. I believe, you know, God wants his church to flourish. There was a word that got used throughout the pandemic. I know that's, you know, kind of ancient history a little bit now. But I still think there's some, some lingering aspects to it. There was a word that got used to describe our emotional state and it was languishing. It wasn't a new word, but it got used a lot. And languishing was really the opposite of flourishing. You see, flourishing means to be alive. Flourishing means that what is alive is growing. Flourishing means that what is alive and growing is also fruitful. But languishing, it it actually means dead and dying and stale and emotionally just blah, nothing. What I believe God is doing right now, what I believe, believe this is a word that God put on my heart for this year, you know, for uh, our churches, that God is moving his churches from a state of languishing to a place of flourishing. And I believe God wants to move something in our hearts from from a place of languishing to a place of flourishing and to put a faith in our hearts that he actually wants his family to flourish more than what we've ever dreamed or imagined because he is a good father. You know, flourishing, it kind of sounds more like a QB women's conference than a blokey message uh, that I would bring. But this word... 
It's just stuck in my heart for the, for the last few months. Firstly, flourishing requires planting. David says, I'm like an olive tree flourishing in the house of God. This is my little olive tree. I uh, went into the nursery and I said, I'd really like a six foot tall olive tree to stand next to me while I'm preaching. And the guy looked at me with a bit of a funny look and he said, yeah, no worries, that'll be 500 bucks. I said, 500 bucks? I said, mate, I'm a Baptist, not a Pentecostal. <laughs> and, and he said, he said, I don't care what you are. It's 500 bucks. And I said, well, what about a little olive tree that I can put on a stool next to me? He says, yeah, no worries, that'll be 59.95. I mean, olive trees you know, are expensive and I am no gardener. I do not have a, a green thumb, although I have to start digging something with my new uh, plumber's shovel. <laughs> but for an olive tree to flourish, it's got to be planted. Even I know that and came with little instructions, thankfully. Uh, it said, uh, olive trees flourish when there is good drainage, cool winters, and hot, dry summers. I live in Brisbane. I just got ripped off, 59. And it says, incorporate this exotic beauty in your garden to capture the tantalising flavours of the Mediterranean and you'll be able to enjoy these sensational olives with a drink or two. Obviously not a Baptist olive farmer. And a very... Tasty anti-plasto platter of breads, meats and cheeses. Whether you're a horticulturist or not, you know for this olive tree to flourish and grow into the future, it needs to be planted. David's saying you want to flourish in your faith, you want to see flourishing in your family, in your church family, stay planted. One of the concerns I have as I look around uh, the church in our nation at the moment, is that too many people think that they can be followers of Christ. <laughs> but not be planted. Theologically, it might be true. But experientially, and what I would say over my last 30 years of ministry you want to unplant yourself from the local church, from a local community of believers. You don't want to be committed to staying planted in the house of God over time, just like this tree. Your spirituality, your faith will wither and die. Just want to encourage you young people in the room. Great to see so many young people in the room. Put your hand up if you think you're young. <laughs> Some of you are delusional. <laughs> Young people in the room, plant yourself in the local church. Find your way to serve to make a difference in Burpengary and around the world by staying planted in the local church. Find a way to use your gifts. Find a way to have a go and make some mistakes, but stay planted in the local church. Old people, put your hand up if you think you're old. Yeah, not as many. Anyone, <laughs> I'm 50. If you're older than me, you're old, all right? It can be easy to think, oh, I've been doing this for a long time. 
you know, I've been to church so long, I've heard it all before, I've ever heard every sermon that there is to hear. It's not about you. I want to encourage you, turn up here every week, stay planted, get to prayer meeting and come with a word in your heart for the next generation because they need encouragement. They need to be spurred on. It's not easy being a fully devoted follower of Jesus out there in the world right now. They need you. They need spiritual mums and dads. Plant yourself. Parents with kids, there's a whole bunch of mistakes. I look back, I'm now next generation, my grandpa, my kids are all grown up. And there's some mistakes I made, some regrets I got. But I'll tell you one of the things I'll never regret is making sure our whole family was planted in the house of God. All of my kids are following Jesus. They're not all perfect. They're all following Jesus and they're all planted in the local church. And it brings me incredible joy. Parents, don't just come and go. As you please, plant your kids in the local church. Help them grow in their faith. You want to flourish. You've got to stay planted. <laughs> I'll use that shovel and water bottle a little bit later on. <laughs> flourishing. Flourishing requires planting and flourishing requires persevering through some tough seasons. David says this. Go remember, he's hiding in a cave while Doeg's living in a palace. He's, he's scrounging for food. No luxury. In the midst of this, David says, I trust in God's unfailing love forever and ever. Anyone know how long it'll take for this olive tree if planted correctly in a few moments' time? Anyone know how long it will take to become fruitful? Someone said 10 years, maybe in Brisbane because we don't have those cool winters and hot dry summers, but about seven years. It's about seven years to fruitfulness. If it's planted in the right place, it has to persevere through seasons and seven years later, it will actually produce some fruit. You know, some of the fruitfulness that we're dreaming of in our lives, in our families and in this church family won't happen in five minutes. It's, it's actually going to take persevering with God, holding on to God through some seasons where you've just got to trust that he's working even though you can't see it. I trust in your unfailing love. David looks around the world around him, right? Everything he looks at, it looks like evil and injustice is winning. That's what it looks like with the human eye. But in his spirit, he sings, I trust in your unfailing love forever and ever. God, I'm hanging on to you. God, I trust you, even though I can't see it humanly right now. And it's pretty easy to turn on your Facebook feed and turn on the news at night and look around the world and go, what is God doing? It looks like evil and injustice is winning. And I believe this is a season for his church. This is a season for some parents here in this room to hold on to God's unfailing love. To hold on, let him build faith in your heart. 
James, the brother of Jesus, says this. I'm glad he said it and not me. These are tough words. He says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. He's saying when you persevere under trial, you grow and you flourish and you become mature and fruitful. Our darkest day as a family was uh, when our third daughter was uh, 13 and uh, got diagnosed with anorexia nervosa. And we had no understanding of how dark that disease was. We had no experience of it. It was an awful time in our lives, a very, very dark time in our lives. And we just couldn't see what God was doing. But we had to keep holding on to his unfailing love. I remember the worst day was the day... I actually went in to visit her. She ended up in the psychiatric, adolescent psychiatric ward for quite some time. We had to leave her there. Awful as parents to have to leave her there and have restricted visiting hours. I remember going to visit her once on my own, which didn't happen that often. We mostly went uh, together. She had a tube down her throat, keeping her alive. And I was in her room, little meeting room, uh, with her on my own, and she just started screaming at me. Her brain was starving. She was not in a good place. She started screaming at me and the doctor came in and said, Jason, you're going to have to leave. You're doing more harm than good. You've got to remember, I'm a dad who loves his daughter. I'm also a pastor who visits people in hospital professionally. (laughs) I'm getting sent out. It was a dark time. But God had put a picture in our hearts, both Susan and I separately, about two days apart, of us standing in the baptistry with Bronte one day as she was putting her faith in Jesus and declaring the freedom that Jesus had given her. And we just kept hanging on to that prayer. We got a group of about six or seven people to pray with us during that season. We had to pray for four and a half years. But four and a half years later, we stood in that baptistry with my daughter, as she declared her faith in Jesus Christ and Jesus set her free. Three months later, after finishing school, she went to Cambodia to work in a ministry we have there, seeing girls rescued from the sex trafficking industry. She went and served there for 12 months as an 18-year-old. She was our youngest ever missionary that we'd sent out. Four years later, this is uh, after that, it's eight years now, she's 23 now. It's a photo of her on the screen. She's now a CrossFit-sponsored athlete. We had to wheel her in to a hospital because her heart was so weak, the doctor said she won't make it if she walks. Ten years later, she's an athlete. She is strong in body, mind and spirit. I just believe, I was just quite overcome in worship this morning. I was just remembering that story. God just took me back to how dark it was 10 years ago, just for a moment. I just felt the compassion of God, the groaning that some of us are still praying. I remember praying back then. But also, he's just filling my heart with faith. 
that he is still healing people in body, mind and spirit in Jesus' name. When I was praying for you guys a few weeks ago for your uh, 10-year anniversary, uh, just the prayer that God had put in my heart was that this place would be a refuge of healing for people in body, mind and spirit. People would come in here broken and messed up by the world, full of generational pain and generational sin and they would find freedom in Jesus' name. I believe it's a calling over this church. It's what, you, what God has called you to do, that freedom will come, healing will come, but it won't always Always happen in an instant. In fact, sometimes you're going to have to walk beside people for years to see them find total freedom. You're going to need hold on to God's unfailing love. Trust that even when you can't see it, He is moving. Flourishing requires planting and also requires some perseverance through tough seasons and my time is pretty much up but let me just uh, finish off as quick as I can. And flourishing actually flows from praising. David uh, says this, For what you've done, I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. That's a big word, always. I will always praise you in the presence of your faithful people. You know, there's lots of studies being done on the effect of music on plants I reckon somewhere between four to six hours a day helps uh, plants become uh, more, more fruitful. They prefer jazz and classical music. <laughs> Couldn't find any study that said country and Western music was good for plants. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. But David was a man who knew how to praise. He knew how to come into the presence of God uh, as he praised. He, he actually uh, wrote 73 psalms of praise in Psalm 119. It says, I praise you seven times a day. I will stop and praise you. There's a power that flows, you know, as we praise. And I'm not sure I really need to preach that to this group because you guys know how to praise. But I want to encourage you, God is moving. God touched me in that seat right there as you led us, as we praise together uh, this morning. God is changing hearts and He'll continue to change hearts in Burp and Gary and beyond as you lift Him up in praise. We do not praise because our bank balance is soaring. We do not praise because everything is going smoothly with our kids. We do not praise because all our problems are disappearing. We praise because when we were deserving of death and we had no way of getting out of that problem, the God of heaven actually moved from heaven to earth and He took on your sin and He took on my sin and He allowed Himself to be nailed to a cross to actually take away what once separated you from the loving presence of the Father so that you'd never be separated from His love and grace ever again. And when the women went to anoint His dead body that had been laid in a tomb, they found a stone that had been rolled away and an empty tomb and an angel declaring, why are you looking for the risen among the dead? He is not here. He is alive. Jesus Christ is seated on the throne. He has defeated the power of sin 
and death and He is worthy of all glory and honour and praise in every single season of our lives. He's worthy, people. As we lift Him up in praise, power moves from heaven to earth. There's a flourishing, there's a fruitfulness that comes. I want to encourage you and I just want to, Dan has not put me up to this and I actually haven't seen the plans yet. There's a flourishing that's going to happen to this house. You're going to need more room. You're going to need that new building. I'm presuming there's going to be more seats in it. I haven't seen it. But you're going to need it because God wants this house to flourish and grow. He's going to bring people in here that need a healing touch of Jesus. And you're going to have testimony after testimony of lives transformed and whole families redeemed. Anyone know how long an olive tree can stay fruitful? On average, 500 years. But this tree, the Albadawi olive tree in Bethlehem, they think is somewhere between four and 5,000 years old. They, they actually think it could have been planted around the time David wrote this psalm. And it's continued to grow and it's continued to flourish as evil kingdoms rose and got their legs swept out from under them. As pandemics came across the earth and then were gone. Through the Middle Ages, that tree flourished and brought forth fruit through World War I and World War II, through Y2K and through COVID-19. That tree is still flourishing. I want to encourage you, God is doing something in your hearts here right now. It's leaving a legacy on the earth. It's leaving a kingdom legacy on the earth. Stay planted in the house of God. Persevere, hold on to His love, even when you can't see what He's doing. Keep trusting that, that He's working. And please, people, you're a gift to our movement. You're a gift to this community. Keep praising Him. Keep lifting Him up. Chains are going to fall off. People are going to be set free. Why don't we stand together this morning? Hey, the team are going to lead us in a song that says, I speak Jesus over my family. It's a great song. I've, I've loved singing this song in the last six months. I, I just love to, uh, I wasn't going to do this when I got here, but during worship, I've just decided to do it. I, um, I, I just want to pray for people who, who are struggling with their mental health right now. It might be anxiety. It, it might be just a consuming worry or it might be something more significant that you're medicated for. It might be you or it might be someone in your family. I just know. I could tell you more stories. I've seen, I've seen Jesus heal my mum. I've seen a, Jesus set her free from a crippling agoraphobia. Locked her in a house. For decades. I've seen Jesus set my daughter free. She was weak and dying 
as I left this morning, she's loading up on protein shakes and she's strong. She can beat me in an arm wrestle. Jesus sets people free. If you're here this morning and you, don't think it's too simple. If, if, it's a, if it's a battle with anxiety at the moment, I just believe Jesus wants to bring some freedom. If it's not for you, but it's for your family and you, and, and you just got to persevere and hold on to God's love in a really difficult season in your family. Can I, can I just get you to come to the front? I'd just love to get some people to gather around you. We're going to pray and then we're kind of going to sing over you and speak Jesus over you. If that's you, come on, just come. Just, just keep pushing your weights. Maybe spread out a little bit. If, if you're here for prayer, can I just get you to put your arms out? I know some people are here to pray. Some people are here to receive prayer. If, just, if you're here to receive, just put your hands out. If you know and love these guys or you're part of a prayer team or a pastoral team or however you do this year, come on, just want someone just put a hand on their back. Just stand with them. Because I'm going to pray that I'm trusting that as I pray, and I'm trusting this is fairly normal in this house, that as I pray, God had put a word in your heart for the person you're standing with. So as, as I'm praying, just begin to listen to what God might be saying. Father God, we thank You that You are a good Father. You're a perfect Dad. You're, you're a God of all goodness and grace. You're a God who is always for us and never against us. There is nothing that can ever separate us from Your love if we are in Christ. And we thank You today for the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank You that He shed His blood on the cross to set us free, set us free from our sin and to set us free from all of the consequences of sin in this world, all of the brokenness of sin. We believe Jesus, we believe Jesus that You are on Your throne and You have all power and all authority today. And God, we ask in the mighty Name of Jesus that You would touch lives, that You would touch minds here this morning, that You would bring a freedom. God, where there is anxiety, God, I pray that there would be a peace that passes understanding, a shalom that comes upon them. God, that as they choose to sit in Your presence and just keep lifting it up to You and handing it to You, God, You'd keep taking it. God, You'd keep lifting it off them. And God, I just pray for a lifting of heaviness here this morning. God, would You lift off heaviness, heaviness that has just weighed us down. God, would You lift it off in Jesus' Name. And God, I pray for healing to come in families. God, I pray for those that are here representing family members. God, I pray that You would put faith in their hearts, faith for breakthrough, faith for freedom. And we pray this morning, we ask this morning, God, we come before You and we declare this morning for breakthrough to come in Jesus' Name. Breakthrough, God. God, that You would transform and renew minds. You would heal in Jesus' Name. Where there is darkness, God, You would shine a light. God, where there's weariness right now, God, would You give us faith and strength in Jesus' Name.
pour out your healing power. Come on, if you're standing with someone, just begin to pray for them. Whatever God puts in your heart, just begin to pray over them as the team sings over us. We speak the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.